Welcome to the New Yorker Cartoon Caption Contest podcast. I am Ben Coca. With me is Beth Lawler and Paul Nasha. And on part two of this episode, we will be interviewing New Yorker cartoonist legend Matt Diffie. Fantastic interview. It runs a little long, but uh, it's all interesting stuff. So stay tuned for that in part two. And before we get into that, let's jump into the winner of contest 807. This is the scientists talking about the mouse crawling through a cornmeal cornfield maze. And a very strange turnout of these winners and finalists. The winner was the hardest part was teaching him to use the hedge trimmers, which Paul said was his least favorite caption in the history of the contest. And then uh, the real scientific breakthrough was developing tiny corn. And it's how we tell the city mice from the country mice. I thought this came in exactly opposite of how I would have placed this. I would have had three as one, two as two, and one as three. If you read it from the bottom, is exactly how I would have placed it. Me too. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, it's it, I was suspecting that this was how it was going to turn out. At least that one that I hated, I knew that was going to come in first. Really? It's just, yeah. It's. Uh, I was confident country mice would have been first. Yeah, it's, I, I hoped it would, but I don't know. I just had a feeling about hedge trimmers that there is something about that that people liked, you know. Yeah. I, I still do not like it. It's even though it was picked first, uh, you know, way to go, uh, Jesse. But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't work for me. It, it just does not work for me. And I, yeah, I'm going to leave it there. I, I don't <laughs> want to go into that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw it. I, I thought it would be the opposite of how it played out. But in any event... Let's jump on to this week's finalist contest 809, the couple carrying a house up a mountain. And we have, did we forget anything? Thanks for helping me move. And why don't you ever leave the house? Uh, so Paul, did these impress you more than, than last week's? Yeah, but that's a really lame. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it, it, they're better than last week's, but they're still kind of like, I don't, it's a uh, little hanging fruit, I guess, is what I, it's my feeling for some of these. So uh, did we forget anything? Uh, there was a lot of those that were some variation on, did we forget this? Uh, did we remember this? Did, did we pack the kitchen sink? Did we? Yeah. I hated, just, I hated that they chose that one. That was the bunt. Mm-hmm. That was everyone's first impression. Mm-hmm. And then everyone decided or at least people who try hard decided, well, let me not do the obvious one. Uh, that was my, that one upset me most. I just feel like that was the bunt. The, the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the original caption, but mm-hmm. that was not clever enough or original enough. In yeah. My opinion. yeah. No way. Uh, and it's not even funny. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> so right. It's, did we man. forget anything? Oh, we have the whole house here. Did we forget anything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for helping me move. Uh, that doesn't feel right because it feels like it's a couple doing this. Uh, and they're like halfway through this trip. And that's an odd time to say, thanks for helping me move. Mm-hmm. It just kind of falls flat for me. It just it's terrible. Uh, yeah. We, we worked, uh, all three of us collaborated on mm-hmm. a very similar caption and we ended up wording it i think this is the last time i'll help you move Mm -hmm. which is immensely better yes that's yeah thanks for helping me move i don't know that that's a joke this is the last time i'll help you move 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dense is the frustration of the fact yes. that I thought I was going to be helping you move. I didn't realize I'd be helping you move. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think we'd be That's moving the up joke. a mountain, not an entire house up a mountain. Right. right. So you're taking right. advantage of me. Exactly. You know? it, yeah. It adds that frustration mm-hmm. element which drives home yeah. the joke. If you're going mm-hmm. to choose, I'm okay with choosing the idea of helping him move. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when yeah. Beth said it, I liked it. And I said, mm-hmm. and I said, that's a finalist. Right. But you have to, you have to add that frustration. Yeah. This is the, yeah. this is the last time I help you move is the way to word that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was yeah. there. They had, they, it was there for them to choose. Yeah. And they instead chose, thanks for helping me move, mm-hmm. which, which I think misses it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, those uh, first, those first two frustrated me. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you ever leave the house? Uh, it comes pretty darn close to being a good caption, but they missed it. It's like somebody had a, a a good hit, but it goes foul. And it's because why don't you ever leave the house? But they're both here in the house. Mm-hmm. It right. Should have been way sense. 100%. Why don't we ever right. leave the house? Right. Uh, makes that better. But that one I was okay with. That's clever. That was a pretty... That that's a clever caption. Yes. I was perfectly fine with that caption. The first two I was really frustrated with. The third one is a very fine finalist caption. Yeah. yeah. They could have made it into even, I hate to say it, but they could have made it into like a COVID related thing. Like when will we be able to leave the house? You know, like that may have worked even better. Yeah. Something like that. I think replacing you with we, as Paul mm-hmm. said, makes mm-hmm. that. Yeah. We should leave the house more often. Yeah, we should there leave the house more often. Yeah, we should leave the house more often. Well, you do want to end on the joke. Why don't you? Right. Why don't we you ever leave the house? house? I think why don't, why, yeah, why don't we ever leave the house? You know, that yeah. that would have been funnier. Yeah. But that one's okay. That That is a clever. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a clever caption. Right. Um, the other part with this one, this was just so easy that there were so many good captions i was just surprised they didn't choose. i mean there were so many good ones i saw so many that i liked the the mother-in-law how caption was far superior to any of these so yes i and there were many mm-hmm. uh mother jokes so a lot of people i don't think any of them did it as good as paul did it he did it mm-hmm. his work was uh how much further do you want the mother-in-law sweet <laughs> that's so great that's a very good word but there were yeah. some other good mother ones i thought as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, even the one in first place once the kids move out it'll get easier mm-hmm. I, I thought that was good yeah. yeah i regret the marble countertops i thought that was good let's stop here and call it a halfway house i thought that was good mm-hmm. uh I, I can go through a lot of them i that, uh, i think she got the kids i took the house is good yeah, yeah. Th- th- yeah. this was a pretty easy one there were mm-hmm. a lot of good ones yeah. and uh at least two out of these three i was disappointed with yeah uh, one just because I, I, they chose a good joke. There were a lot of them, and they just chose the worst joking, wording of that joke, which was mm-hmm. the helping me move. Uh, I, I'm okay with that as an idea. They just chose yeah. the worst wording for it. Yeah. 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 And did we forget anything I absolutely not would have not submitted or chosen? Yeah. It was too obvious. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a quick search in here. There is over 200 captions that use the word forget or forgot. Mm-hmm. So, and that's with just using those words. There's a lot of other ones that use that same contest without using those yep. two words. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to at least hope what, why, uh, why don't you ever leave the house? I'd like to see that come in first place. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it will. Um, 
I don't know. I, this one, this one, this one won't surprise me no matter how it plays out. I, I think it's that one's going to win. Why don't you ever leave the house? It's, it's funny. You know, they didn't word it quite right, but it's funny. Yeah. The other two. Yeah. And it's clever. It, it, that, that someone was happy when they thought of that yeah. clever angle on yeah. it. Whereas I yeah. don't think I, the other two people, I don't think they wrote that and went, I nailed it. I figured mm-hmm. it out. Whereas I think that third person probably realized they were onto a good, a good little clever twist. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of those ones where I saw, there's a couple of them that were similar. And when I saw that, it's like, damn, I wish I would have thought of that concept, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, because but you probably wouldn't have submitted it, right? Cause the one you did submit was good. Uh, I had a lot, this was one of the easy ones where I had so many of them. It, you have to actually like yeah. narrow yeah. down your own work. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. this is one that I wish Bob would have chosen for the cartoon stock caption contest Yeah, to grow that submission base. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If he, yeah. he used this cartoon. I think it would have grown uh, yeah. his submissions much more than the extremely right. difficult cartoon he went with, with the straw man. Is that contest still open? I hope so because I haven't entered yet. I haven't either. <laughs> oh, I, I, I got my, it's another week. It's open for another week. Oh my God. I submitted my three. I'm reasonably happy with them, but they're only good if you interpret that cartoon the way I'm interpreting it. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people are going to interpret that in different ways. So if you yes. don't interpret it the way I do, you probably won't like my captions. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, but I, I, I have not thought about anything for that contest yet. It's just like, I don't want to think that hard about the <laughs> You got to just captions. look at it, figure out in your head what's going on for you, and then just write those captions and hope for the mm-hmm. best. Uh, yeah. Fortunately and unfortunately, fortunately for us, I don't think too many people are submitting. So you do have good odds of winning $1,000. <laughs> unfortunately for Bob, I don't know how long that caption contest is going to last. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think he's getting yeah. enough submissions. You're, you're giving away money there, Bob. It's <laughs> but if you do hard. submit, you're not, you're, it's a, you have very good odds of winning $1,000. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, but he I chose, come- he chose a bad cartoon. He should have ran that by, uh, by somebody mm-hmm. to say, is this what I should use? Cause it's very hard to caption. I, I get what he's trying to do because it's like a very nice drawing and it's like oh. visually yeah, it's interesting, interesting yes. you know, but can't come up with anything for yeah. it. <laughs> I, I would like to know what the original caption was for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. definitely get that. Alice, yeah, we mm-hmm. should get a hold of him and find out what's going on there. I know. I, almost, I, I was almost tempted to email Alice <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, I'll give you half of my winnings if you tell me what that was, Alice. <laughs> we should also contact Shannon Wheeler for next week and uh, yeah, figure out his cartoon for that contest with the mm-hmm. devil and the angel. And uh, yeah. we'll reveal that next week. Yeah. But let's jump right into uh, this week's contest. Contest 811. Uh, two beached whales relaxing in the sun. One of them is drinking a daiquiri and one of them is reading something i don't know no he's not reading that's what i thought at first it's a it's a sun visor thing yes. a reflector oh wow reflects like yes. tanning yeah that's exactly yeah. what that is mm-hmm. wow i never would have figured that out yeah because I, I was trying to come up with the joke with that right off and it's like wait a second that's not a newspaper yeah, there's no, three pages a, there what's going on that's a tanning thing like that's a hundred percent a tanning reflecting thing, thing. Yeah. very good call mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. I was wondering why there was no words on it. I thought it was a menu. 
That's exactly what that he, is. People are going to mess that up, though, and oh, some yeah. captions yeah. about it being a he book. He could have put something. a shine. There's things uh, he could have done. Yeah, to, little lines or something, or diagonal yeah. lines to show there's reflection going on there. Yeah, I, I'm not an artist by any means, but I think there are, there's something he could have done to make that clearer. But that's certainly what it is. With that, Beth, did you uh, submit yet? No. Oh, wow. Believe right. it or not, I have not submitted yet. Are you going to submit this week, Beth? <laughs> yes, I'm going to submit okay. something, but I have not come up with anything yet. But I'm not going to bail out. Um, well, I've come up with a couple ideas, but uh, they're not worth submitting yet. The, the only things I've come up with so far are beach, please. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you come up with that one before? I did, but I put a comma in it and it didn't work. So without the comma, beach, please. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but it doesn't really, it doesn't make sense with the, with the caption, um, with the cartoon. Um, And then uh, the other one I came up with is um, trying to remember the wording of it. It was, uh, we have to thank the sharks for keeping the people off the beach. You know, that's good. Yeah, I like that. That is good. Because because there's a lot of shark news (laughs) lately. Yeah, that's good. Mm. But it's not really funny. It needs needs tweaking. Right. Um, I'm I'm not really sure to how I could make it shorter or end it on the joke. Um, Still working on that idea. We should invite the sharks. Uh, I don't know. Uh, trying to think what else you can do with that shark uh yeah i'm not sure paul did you submit no i have not submitted yet uh i I came up with a couple of them there's one that i'm kind of leaning towards right now i'm going to see if i can think of anything better but uh see the first two i thought of were uh it's nice now that there's no humans trying to push us back in can i take in global warming and there's no more humans left Mm -hmm. Uh, we should beach more often, uh, kind of using beach as a verb there, you know, like mm. some people would do with, uh, we should, yeah, I don't know. It's that there's nothing well, much there. They do use beach as a verb. Sometimes they'll be do like they? that, that whale got, um, is beached or. Right. Um, it's as referring to what a whale does, but for somebody going out to the beach, we should right. beach more often is where I, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard it that way, but I'm kind of implying that. Yeah, it's like ladies who lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. And the one that I'm leaning towards, if I do, if I don't think of anything else, it's, uh, and you wanted to go to the mountains. I like that one. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just because it's very silly for Wells to go to the mountains. <laughs> that's, the, that's the joke right there. But, you know, this is going to be a late Sunday one where if I don't think of anything better, that is what I'm going to enter. So nobody else enter mountain jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few, but one that I uh, am going to submit. But I had an idea of a, I love a nude beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to come up with a nude beach one. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. Um, sun's out, fins out. Yeah. I like come that. Yeah, because it's like a play sun's on out, the sun's out, guns out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm not familiar with it. So funds out out is when people, uh, guys wear tank tops in the summer because they're, they have 
their guns. Okay. Their sons out, guns uh, out. Okay. That's yeah. yeah. I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, the one that I'll likely submit because Seinfeld's fans know that uh, uh, whales are not fish, right? It's a mammal. Yeah. And uh, the one he's talking about is drinking. So I'm probably going to submit you drink like a fish, mm. uh, okay. which works. He's drinking a lot of alcohol. Yeah. It's not a fish. Like a fish. It works. I like it. Uh, it's a little like bit it. of a reach, a little bit of a reach for people recognizing that as mammal fish joke. Mm-hmm. It's not really a mammal fish joke. It's you drink like a fish is an expression when someone drinks a lot of alcohol. Right. Right. The person who's talking about is drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. Seems to work. Yeah. Okay. That's probably. I, I thought you were going to go with the uh, playing golf with the uh, hole in one blow hole from the. Uh, Seinfeld. Yeah, you can't totally reference. Oh God, that. remember that? Episodes, but, uh, <laughs> we should go golfing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they'll they'll definitely be Seinfeld references. Oh yeah, yeah. They, won't, they won't be finalists, but people will submit them. Yeah. Shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, yeah, going turtle. <laughs> Everything can be related to a Seinfeld episode. Yes, there's there's a Seinfeld episode for everything, <laughs> even New Yorker cartoons. <laughs> oh, so neither of us submitted on this one. So uh, we'll have a nice surprise. Yeah. Figure out what we just come up with eventually. Well, this one's uh, kind of difficult. This one is a little is bit difficult. Definitely. This is definitely, a, it's not an extremely difficult one, but it's no, definitely pleasure. a challenge. Yeah. And yeah, Folly Cats, he, you know, he's, becoming more regular in the caption contest we've seen his stuff more and more often mm-hmm. all right with that uh we have a very good interview with matt diffie uh so let's jump right into that stay tuned for our interview with matt diffie there he is hey Hey, Matt, how are you? Guys hear me? Let me get my volume turned up here. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, have you started? No, oh, yeah. We, no, we, we were waiting we, for We're almost half done here. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I missed the link, but here I am. Anyway. Thanks for jumping on. Where all are you guys calling from? Where? Uh, I'll open. I am in Staten Island, New York. Okay. New York. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Montclair, New Jersey. Okay. And I'm Mount Horror, Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. Okay, cool. How about you? Cartoons in the back. I'm, I live in LA now, but we're in San Diego for the moment. Nice. And I might have to shut this window. Do you hear helicopters going by? No. There's like a military helicopter sort of training thing going on out here. So I'll close it anyway, I think. Might get All right. You say yeah. L.A. now. Were you New York uh, before L.A.? I was in New York for 12 years and grew up in Texas and North Carolina and stuff like that. So I'm, I don't know what I am. A what do you like better, New York or L.A.? Uh, for different reasons, I like both. Um, if, if, if I'd say if New York had the climate of L.A., I would live there. Yeah. As a New Yorker, I can imagine I would like L.A. better just because yeah. it's just much better. It's, nice every day of the year you can't yeah. beat that. I mean, it does get really hot out here but not like it does in new york even and in new york it you know it would stay hot all night long yeah here by five or six it's already cool you know cooling down significantly so it's a desert 
But anyway, let me get situated. So how do we do this? What do you guys, I've heard one of these before, but it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch of questions, but if you don't mind, we like to just start. If you want to give us a quick background on uh, what got you into cartooning in the early days. Okay. So I, um, I had two interests coming out of college, um, art and comedy. <clears throat> and so I sort of stumbled around trying to sell paintings, you know, like fine art gallery stuff um, and trying to write comedy and be a comedian. And it took me several years of failing at both of those things. And then kind of learning about the New Yorker. I mean, I, I knew it existed from the dentist office, mm -hmm. but you know, I was in rural Texas. So the New Yorker as like a thing you could do or be involved with was not on my map at all. But then I was, I was 28 or 29 in Boston trying to be a comedian and trying to sell paintings. And I saw the New Yorker's first ever, I actually saw a TV show like a news program, I think it was Nightline, was, was doing like a special profile on several of the cartoonists because they were about to have their first ever cartoon issue, mm -hmm. which I think they sort of do now, but they used to really do it. Like the whole issue was really all cartoon focused. And so in this doc, in this like TV news segment, they profiled Michael Crawford and William Hamilton and Roz Chast and just talked about cartooning as a, see, I, Okay, so I, I was really into like Woody Allen, Stephen Wright, uh, Mitch Hedberg, really sort of joke writer, sort of joke comedians, you know what I mean? And, and I was kind of a purist, I think, about jokes. And so I was kind of a little bit of a snob about cartoons because the cartoons I grew up being aware of were kind of, you know, corny, goofball kind of stuff with like big eyes and big expressions. And it just didn't have that cool sort of vibe that I... I aspired to as far as a comedian, as far as a comic writer, and also the art. You know, I, I just never wanted to draw cartoon characters. I drew up wanting to be a, a real artist. So I didn't. When I when I saw the New Yorker stuff, I realized, oh, this is actually kind of what I'm into. This is like sophisticated joke writing and sophisticated art, and it didn't have to look cartoony like it would in like a newspaper sort of environment or something. Mm -hmm. So I immediately latched onto it. I was like, this is a, this is a cool thing. And so I went out and got the issue, the cartoon issue. This is a really long answer, by the way, to your first question. That's okay. I promise to speak 20 minutes about every question you ask. <laughs> Makes our jobs easy. <laughs> yeah. So in that cartoon issue, there was a little announcement for a cartoon contest that Bob Mankoff, the former cartoon editor, uh, was going to be the judge of, the juror of, juror of. And it was going to be at the Algonquin Hotel. And it was like a cool thing. You, you, the winners, the three finalists would get to come and stay for a weekend at the hotel. Um, and so I was like, well, shoot, I'm drawing all the time and I'm doing jokes. And, you know, my, I would try to do stand-up and the comedians afterwards. I, sometimes it worked, but I was the kind of comedian that either it started off well and went well the whole time or it started off poorly and I could never turn it around. I didn't have like the performance chops. It was all about the, you know, trying to just deliver the lines and let people take them or leave them, which I realize is not a good comedian, but that's what I tried to do. And <laughs> so after I would come off stage, a lot of comedians were say, saying, you know, that was great. Uh, you ever think about selling your jokes? So I knew, you know, I could write a joke at that point, uh, you know, had I even worked at it. So I was like, I can do, I can write a joke and I can draw, I might as well enter this contest. And, you know, maybe I'll win, which is ridiculous, right? I mean, you guys enter the contest mm -hmm. of a different kind. 
it's ridiculous to think you can win, but you guys have all won, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wins <laughs> here. So, um, I, you know, you just have like this weird feeling like, is that? maybe I'll win it. And so I ended up becoming one of the finalists and coming down and meeting Bob and meeting Roz and I think Sam Gross was there and Peter Steiner was there. I can't remember who all was there, but um, anyway, and then over the course of the evening, they're going to tell, you know, who won the final award and it turned out to be me. And I, so I won this big check that Bob Mankoff and I held on to. It was a check for charity, like <laughs> libraries or something. And I was dirt poor at the time. So I was kind of like, yeah, could use this myself. But anyway, that's how I got in because I, afterwards sort of at the, at the party, I was able to speak with Mankoff for a minute and I, I was 29 years old. So I'd had a lot of failure in my life leading up to this point. And he was, he, he was, he said at some point, he said, yeah, have you, have you been submitting? And I, I said, no. And I didn't tell him like, these are actually the first three cartoons I've ever drawn in my life. <laughs> Um, and he just said, he just said, you should. And so I started submitting after that. And he had been, just been named the, the editor, I think, a couple couple years before, maybe even just one year. So I think he was kind of eager right now to sort of try to bring in some people. Um, but he did make me work for it. So I, I, he said, you should start submitting. So I submitted. And in the fifth week, I actually sold my first one, which was great. Wow. And then I was like, I'm moving to New York City. I'm going <laughs> to be a big shot. And so I went after, after it used to be, you couldn't come into the New Yorker, the, the cartoon offices until you'd sold one. It was kind of an exclusive, you know, invite. So, so after I sold one, I would take the train down from, from Boston, uh, sleep on a comedian buddy of mine's couch. And I'd bring in, I, I was doing three a week. I was like, you know, it's like baseball, three, three, three swings. <laughs> and I showed them there to Bob. And he's, that's when he told me yeah, everyone else is doing 10 a week. So, so I was like, ah. Oh. Okay, so I, I went back and I started, I wanted to be impressive, you know, like this young, although I wasn't even that young by today's standards anyway. Um, so I, st- I said, uh, 15 a week, I'm going to do 15 wow. sketched up ideas every week just to hit the ground running and, you know, just be so impressive to Bob that he's going to just have to buy everything. So I did that every week for the first year and sold four. Wow. Which is <clears throat> good. Maybe tougher than, yeah, well, it is actually kind of good, but it, it's also a lot of people are like, oh, why would you keep doing that? Um, and why is a good question. Anyway, <laughs> and then the next year I sold more and the next year I sold more. And then four years in, I got a, a contract and, and I have kind of semi-retired from it about 20 years after doing it, which was a couple of years ago, a few years ago now. I'm still doing it. I do a few every now and then, but I'm not, I'm not hardcore, you know, making batches every week like I did for 20 years at least 18. But anyway, that to answer your question is how I got in. I never wanted to be a cartoonist until it kind of came across my path and I had failed at the two parts of cartooning and was able to put them together and by sheer luck, win that contest and get on Bob's radar. What was that contest for? And what was, what was the uh, cartoon? I mean, it was just like a promotional thing. I I don't really even know why would they do it? I don't know why I, I maybe just, was it, was it just send a cartoon of anything or what did they oh, give? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You had to send in a cartoon having to do with hotel life, which I don't know what that means still. But <laughs> so I did a bunch of them, you know, and the one that won it for me was um, a couple had just come into a hotel room and like laid their bags down on the ground. <clears throat> and on the on the doorknob on the inside of the room is the do not disturb sign hanging. And so the, the, the guy is turning and saying, ah, oh, great. I guess we're stuck in here now. <laughs> couldn't disturb the rest of the world. Yeah. 
So that's I think, one that won it. I think I heard Michael Shaw talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was one of the other three finalists. Yeah, yeah. And he, I think, knew who the other one was, but I don't know who it was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they continued in cartooning. Um, Michael would know more. Mm-hmm. People go listen to, has he been on already? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go listen to that episode. He probably knows. Yeah, that's that's the uh, yeah. cartoon pad. That uh, yeah, I think he talked about it, so about it on cartoon, cartoon pad. pad. Yeah. 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 And the Algonquin Hotel, is that the hotel that has the wallpaper that's New yeah. Yorker cartoon? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, at that point, I, I'm, I knew what I'd been researching. Like, so once I got into it, I got into it hard and I went to the mm-hmm. books, you know, the library and got all those old books and collections. And I knew every cartoonist. I knew what they looked like. I knew what their style looked mm-hmm. like. So I studied it really hard there, but I didn't really grasp what a big deal it was to a lot of people until I got to the Algonquin there. And I, I knew about like the round table where the, you know, Benchley and Dorothy Parker and all those humorists mm-hmm. used to hang out. Um, but I didn't, yeah, the, the thing about the New Yorker cartoons really hit me when I went in there and the wallpaper was literally mm-hmm. a custom wallpaper made of cartoons from the New Yorker. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's this so is cool. kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been great. I have uh, really found a place to do kind of exactly what I want to do, which is kind of high level art that isn't cartoony um, and sophisticated jokes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, you know, you guys are talking to people, you know what a grind it is to come up with these ideas mm-hmm. every week. So mm-hmm. I'm not missing really that pressure of coming up with batches all the time. And it was a good time. It's kind of a transitional period right now. I think anyway, with Emma coming in, I was mm-hmm. half out the door already before mm-hmm. she came in, but it makes sense. There's a whole new generation wanting to get in and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what are you doing first? right now then? What? I do a lot of my own artwork that I mostly keep in the basement. That's Although, not a good place anybody for out it. There, it's, yeah, it gathers dust. If there's anybody out there who, who owns a gallery, I'd be interested in talking. But I do a lot of abstract painting and landscape painting and stuff like that. And I'm doing, uh, the last couple of years, I have a six-year-old. And since he was born, I've really been looking at children's books again, writing and illustrating something I wanted to do kind of in my twenties, but I I was just too naive to know how to even get started. Um, So I'm doing that a lot. And just on the cusp, I think of doing something there, children's books, picture books, seems like a good thing to do in my golden years. (laughs) What was the first one that you uh, eventually sold for the magazine? Uh, the first one was in the, uh, the classic genre of uh, people on the street holding up signs, I guess, homeless people holding up signs. Um, that feels sort of inappropriate to even say that now. But anyway, it's a homeless guy holding up a sign that says, we'll ask for money. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it got me in the door. And an interesting thing about my first one is that, you know, I had studied all the New Yorker cartoonists at that point and thought I had to come up with an art style that was kind of in keeping with the traditional. And so I did that first one with an ink and brush. And uh, it was it was hard, you know, it's hard to control a tiny little brush and, and make these lines. So um, after that, I asked Bob if I could just use pencil and he was like, oh, sure. So the second and every cartoon after that was done in like a really dark pencil. Does anyone else do it that way? Just in pencil? I think you're the only one mm-hmm. who, uh, and it seems like it makes perfect sense it's to just Pat Burns, my Pat, yeah. pencil. I and think Pat Burns does. Gary Bliss, I think. 
you might use some wash. I occasionally use a little ink wash, but very rarely. Um, yeah, I don't know about the, the new folks. I haven't seen anybody that does pencil. I mean, the problem is it, it, it you know, you have to really bear down and, and draw pretty dark or it doesn't reproduce very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use a really super dark pencil. So by the time I'm going to finish drawing, I'm, I'm bearing down really hard with a really soft 6B pencil. So it makes a line that's at the black, you know, at the darkest points, it's pretty black. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You guys talk about this kind of stuff on there. <laughs> Yes, yeah. we do. And I, and I love your uh, 6B pencil with a smooth <laughs> vellum paper. Yeah. Well, and, and I love your style. It's kind of a throwback to uh, you know, the, the, the previous turn of the century. There's this yeah. uh, that's what I, style. That's what I hope to do. For one thing, I just love that look. But also I, I want to me being in the New Yorker, it's all about being part of this tradition. Um, if the New Yorker had started, you know, a year before I had tried to do it I would be way less interested in doing it to me it was about uh kind of carrying forward this tradition that these this you know a couple decades worth of cartoonists or more than that 50 years worth of cartoonists had 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 established already so I also looked at the very beginning I looked at a bunch of punch illustrations Mm -hmm. yeah um because like I said I didn't want cartoony I've never really loved that I mean I like it when other people do it but I, I never liked when I did it it just felt silly or corny or something and i like a sort of a serious presentation of a silly joke it's one of the reasons why i always loved monty python just the english accents and the sort of way they presented everything very formally but it was just ridiculous i always (laughs) liked that and i guess like stephen wright too he's very dry and yeah in a way I, i try to draw in a way that is this that that kind of comedy i guess that kind of performance where you're not you're not acting silly but what you're doing is or i guess you're acting silly but you're very serious about it you're you're seriously yeah. acting silly yeah. <laughs> yeah my drawings are very serious uh, somewhat serious and the joke hopefully sneaks in there yeah your, your style reminds me uh I don't, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the artist back 100 years ago but uh charles vanna gibson and rain rings a bell yeah, the Gibson girls. He he was famous for the Gibson girls. He did these very, you know, finely drawn cartoons. Yours reminds me of. So it's yeah. I, I love that Google. old. I'll have, to look. Google. I'll have to Google that after this. I'm sure I'm prom- I'm sure I've, I've stumbled upon it. Oh, I'm sure you've, it's you've a, seen it. It's a man, right? It's a he. Uh, it's a he, him? yeah. Charles Dana Gibson. Yeah. I'll look him up. Well, we've had several cartoonists on that say that you were instrumental in getting their career started. Yeah, well, Bob was, I was kind of one of first, the first people, Bob. And then, um, you know, I knew a lot of really funny people and, you know, good artists. And so I was like, well, gosh, you should be in here too. So mm-hmm. yeah, like Drew, I think was one of the first, Drew Dernovich was one of the first people. I just, I mean, basically they were ready and I just kind of, it wasn't as obvious how to how to do it back then, mm-hmm. um, so you had to kind of have somebody give you that first step in. So, uh, yeah, a few cartoonists like that in that generation. We we were sort of a, a gang too, you know, the the young kids table. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the other the older cartoonists were very welcoming. You know, we were immediately able to go to lunch with them, which was just so so cool. Back in the New York days, after, mm-hmm. on Tuesday after drop off, we would all go to lunch together and mostly complain. Mm-hmm. 
but it was funny because like the younger guys, which we were all in our late twenties, so we weren't that young compared to who's getting in now, but we would all be in one corner of the table, kind of like showing each other our batches. Mm-hmm. And that was just something you didn't do. You know, people, the older guys were like, what, what are they doing? But I think <laughs> in the olden, the olden days, you, you still hoped to sell all of them, mm-hmm. but we were like, if it doesn't sell here, it's not going to sell. So I might as well get a chuckle from my buddies. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess we trusted each other not to steal ideas from, but um, I remember that was a big, <laughs> it was a big weird thing that we were doing. No matter like, like, uh, Chad Derbyshire, Eric Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, me, Paul, not Noah, and Drew, and who else was in that batch? That's about it, I guess. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. We were, mm-hmm. you know, on the cusp of thirty and felt legitimized by being in the New Yorker, and yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, Alex Gregory told us a story oh. a couple of weeks ago that uh, that he was not invited to lunch. <laughs> It was a very funny story. He was rich already. No, I don't know why. (laughs) But yeah, Alex was the same time as us, but since he was on the West Coast, he was out here in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't know him personally, not for a few (laughs) years after that. Um, There may be some others that were in that situation. So he came and, and people were like, he, he <laughs> said he went, he went, uh, I, I think it was one of the only times he went to the offices and he said they, they were, he was standing there while they were getting ready to go to lunch and he didn't say who it was, but one of the older guys said, you want to go to lunch? You want to go to lunch? You want to go to lunch? And they over skipped him. over him and said, you want to go to lunch? <laughs> I can see that happening. It was so funny. But most of them were very, uh, mm. very accommodating and very yeah. gracious, like Mort and Sam mm. and Gay and all those guys were really great. Um, still are. I'm just not around them anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Alex probably had a little bit of a a sheen of Hollywood on him when he came in. <laughs> it's hard to wipe that off, right? Yeah. Some <laughs> East Coast uh, old school cartoonist might not have, yeah, appreciated. But uh, yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I was saying I was refreshing myself in your cartoons before we jumped on. And uh, I, I think I got to say, you probably have the most home runs uh, of any other New Yorker cartoonist. Uh, that, that, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of swings and misses too. There's, uh, so, there's just how, so many. I appreciate you saying that. Ones. That's nice to be to say. Um, I, I certainly have, I would say maybe a couple dozen that I think I couldn't have done any better on. Yeah. There's, there's some, um, usually but, you go through a cartoonist catalog and, you know, a lot of ones that are okay. Some that I felt like yours, every other one was that's great. Home run. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I think maybe my generation, we had to really, uh, this is going to sound bad, but I, maybe we had to really knock it out of the park to get, to get in. I think it was, I mean, I think it's safe to say and fair to say that it was harder mm-hmm. to get, to get in back then. So mm-hmm. you had to do like, I remember David Cypress, who I think is honestly one of the best get cartoonists to ever live. Um, but he, he tells a story. I don't know if you guys talked to him yet on mm-hmm. here of trying for like 15 years or something to get mm-hmm. in at New Yorker. And that would never happen now. I mean, he's, right. his ideas are so good. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've got a, I come from a privileged position because I've done these rejection cartoon books, the rejection collection. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to see more of my peers work than most other cartoonists. And, you know, that it's like what you say, Vince, when you go through, you kind of see like, oh, their best ones are definitely being bought and the rest of them are way lower. Some people, yeah, are like that. But Cypress, I was just like, God, every one he did in his batch, I'm talking about. 
Yeah. It was something I would have been proud. Well, not everyone, but most of them, you know, a good high percentage. Um, he's also got a memoir out there. I'm sure yeah. everyone knows that. You plug mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's a good memoir. Well, yeah. there, oh, and I'm there, supposed to plug the book I just mentioned, The Rejection Collection. Yes, The Rejection yes. Collection yeah, is one of my favorite things. <laughs> there's a new, there's a new, uh, new volume that's just come out called The Best of the Rejection Collection, um, and it's got it's got the older stuff, and it's got twelve of the, the the I had room just for a little bit of new stuff, so I got twelve new cartoonists in there. Um, anyway, it's great, and you guys should go at, get it and support the cartoonists. Where where can we buy it? I think everywhere. Okay. <laughs> everywhere fine books are sold. Yeah. I know, I know <laughs> the, the, the bookshop in LA, Skylight Books, that I will sign things if you buy them from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're looking for an independent bookstore to, to represent or to support, you can support them and I'll sign. What, what got you going on the rejection collection? What was the thing that... Uh, I mean, it was obvious, right? I mean, as soon as I got in and I was submitting batch after batch and, you know, at the beginning, almost everything gets rejected. And, you know, a lot of it should have gotten rejected. But um, immediately, you know, I kind of, you know, probably three or five years in, I I started looking around and I was like, I mean, not just me, but like Sam Gross, who has 80,000 cartoons or something he's done. um, Just piles of really great cartoons. And we should do something with them. So I was lucky enough to, through connections, get connected to an agent and he thought it was a good idea and we pitched it and it, it, we got a big advance and was able to, were able to pay everyone a lot of money for these rejected ones. And Bob was on board. Mankoff was on board. David, I guess was a little hesitant. No, I don't know if that's even true, but Bob just wanted to make sure that I, what the, the, the message of the book wasn't like, look what idiots the editors at the New Yorker are for mm-hmm. passing on this stuff. So we, we purposely, you know, said, all right, these are going to be the ones that are totally wrong for the New Yorker. Yes. So mm-hmm. the New Yorker cartoonists doing work that's inappropriate for mm-hmm. the New Yorker and maybe for many people. Um, so that was that, that became the brand. And, and it still is that I, when I, when I ask for submissions from my colleagues, I say, you know, give me the rowdier ones and, you know, maybe ones that you thought of and you never even dared draw sketch them up get them rejected and send them to me um and in a way that's kind of important now i think because so many people are are closing off a whole lot of avenues to comedy and it's nice to be have at least one or two places where it's understood that we're not being mean-spirited but we're pushing the envelope and we're trying to just go where the funny is and and yeah that's rare these days so yeah i feel like many of yours that were published would just never be published today. For I sure. Mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hope we, I hope we can still be cousins. I think that was published. Yeah, yeah. That could <laughs> never be published. Yeah. That's a great one. I did one early on that I could not believe they bought. And I, you know, I don't even think it's that funny really, but um, it's a couple of golfers, like in typical sort of rich white dude golfer gear. And what is, oh gosh, what's the caption even going to be? And they're just, they're just playing golf and they're talking casually and Oh, I don't remember what the joke is, but it's something to the effect of, you know, sometimes I, I would like to go back to, oh, I'm, I'm forgetting what the joke is, how embarrassing. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but the, the caption was basically, I want to get back to doing what I love, selling drugs to kids. That was basically, <laughs> I think it was a slightly different, but yeah. I, I kind of was just, yes. I, was, I was definitely just put that in there to like get a rise out of Bob. I did not ever expect them to buy it. And I, I still wonder how he got that 
through. But, through. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that good of a joke, really, but it's just shocking, I guess. But yeah, I, I think you definitely are uh, under a lot more restrictions now um, everywhere, but the New Yorker maybe particularly is sensitive about some subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. changed. Yeah. But um, you have- but that was always, for me, that was what I just said a minute ago. That was the difference. Like I, you know, I choose every cartoon in the rejection collection and there were, there are some that I, I reject from the rejection collection because there's my be, standards. There's going to be a rejection, rejection collection. I want to, I want that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very inappropriate or just not funny. It could be that. But there's, I, for me, it was always, the rule was it can't be mean spirited. Like mm-hmm. you can make fun of anything, you know, religion, uh, even comment on race, but it can't be, it can't be mean. And mm-hmm. to me, that, that seems like a fair place to be as long as you mean well. I mean, occasionally people are going to be offended, but you have to find where that line is. There's some people that you just, they just want to be offended or they, right. they have certain topics that you just can't make a joke about Jesus for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, you can name the other ones that I feel nervous even saying, but to me, every, everything's fair game. If you can do a joke about it, that's clever and not mean, go for it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Did you notice things were changing uh, before Bob left, or did you feel like it, the change mostly came uh, when Emma? Even when Bob was there, I mean, it, it's easy. It's easy for certain people sort of say, "Okay, it's all about you know uh, political correctness now." But I felt it even back then for the New Yorker. I mean, the New Yorker was different than Mad Magazine. You know, you could still do jokes in Mad that you could never do in, in the New Yorker when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll t- I'll talk about one that we might all get in trouble for, but um, I did a cartoon. Uh, it just had a caption at the bottom or a title, I guess at the top, maybe uh, it was a Attila, the DMV employee. Mm-hmm. And so it's a woman sitting behind a counter, like, like you're, you're in the position of the person going up and asking for, yeah. her to give you a driver's license or whatever. And she's got her arms full and she's just got like a, a nasty attitude on her face. So, which is fairly common at the DMV. Um, and I drew her, okay, yeah, there it is. So mm-hmm. I originally in the rough drew her as a feisty black woman with big hoop earrings and like her hair back. And you could tell she was just gonna give it to you. Like, let's be honest, some black women are very good at doing. And so <laughs> I did that. And also I thought Attila, here I'm gonna get in trouble, but if it's a name of a person, it's probably gonna be a, a black lady. So um, I originally did it that way. And even back then, whenever that was, probably 15 years ago, I was told that I, it'd be better if I made her a white lady. Mm. And I think it still works, but. Oh, that, that drawing though is great. Drawing. I mean, she looks like every woman at ever, any DMV that you could ever, yeah. <laughs> ever get to. I kind of feel like she looks a little too old now that I look at her. <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> old. But, but maybe that's even more reason for her to be grumpy. She's got the yeah. DMV scowl on her and that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> But I hope I didn't get us all in trouble. Just the fact no. that we can't even talk about that is mm-hmm. silly. But I know there's people out there that are like the very idea. Yeah. You, know, you said that earlier about, you know, you go where the funny is at, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you shouldn't yeah. self-censor yourself. You know, you, you have to follow that where it ends. Yeah. And yeah. I, to me, uh, the, the black friends I have would think that is so much funnier if mm-hmm. it was a black lady. Mm-hmm. It's the DM, DMB employee. But the several things have come up like that over the years and, you know, it is what it is, but I think even more so now. 
which is a shame but yeah everyone's afraid to even like there's cartoons that um i don't know if i'm allowed to share but like farley Katz, who's another cartoonist mm-hmm. he had some really great cartoons and i wanted to put them in the in the this volume of the rejection collection but the publisher was nervous about a couple of them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i said let's just wait on your stuff for another another volume um I feel like I'm getting us all in trouble by talking about these ideas. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, no, it's very interesting. It's, 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 as long as it's, you know, you're not stepping on anybody's be my publishing. You guys are exonerated. So we, far we have this, what? No, we have this tool called editing too. So okay, yeah. <laughs> it'll go for me. I won a contest many years ago. That's all the time we have. So, um, so Charlie did this cartoon with it. Just, I love, love, love. So it's a, it's a, like an outside of a, like a, a, a nightclub or well, a strip club in this case, like a brick exterior of a building, sort of the, the windows are dark. And um, on, on the top, it says something like, I don't know. He, I, I'm going to butcher it and Farley will have to fix it. But something like the first non-binary uh, blah, 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 titty bar is what he says. So then on the side in neon, it says, they's, 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 <laughs> which I think is so funny. And also not mean, not, not right mean at all. I think it's right. Uh, anyway, but the, the publisher was nervous about it, as the mm-hmm. whole world is right now. Even I'm, the fact that I'm nervous talking about it, even mm-hmm. though I stand behind it, I don't think that's a mean joke. No, it's the, the trans yeah. or whatever. I, I, I surely most I, everyone would. Have, I don't know. I'm so scared these days. What mm-hmm. make jokes about? But anyway, the rejection collection. <laughs> Go get it <laughs> uh, for jokes not quite as bad as that. But <laughs> and by bad, I mean good. Was that kind of the impetus of what made you? mostly stop submitting no 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 i it was honestly just fatigue just creative fatigue and also getting to an age where i you know i want to do some other things and with a kid it was just like i've got like a three-hour work day at best um just because i'm a great dad mm-hmm. um so i was like if i do get if i do gag cartooning which i've already done for 20 years so so it scratched that itch kind of for me um it's, it's all probably I will do, and then I will die. And I was kind of like, well, I kind of want to do children's books. And I kind of don't want to do real art and, and other stuff. So um, it's mainly that, and mainly just the, the grind of, of coming up with gags. To get 10 that you really like, and I know with Under Emma, you don't have to do 10 anymore, which is nice, mm-hmm. and, and a, a very good change. Because um, 10, the, the rule of doing 10 was back when you had 10 other magazines you could sell to. So it never made any sense kind of for my career, but except for the fact that, I mean, when you're forced to do 10, you really learn how to be a cartoonist. Come up with ideas. And, yeah. Yeah. I remember Jack Ziegler one time told me it took him four years to figure out what he was doing, you know, doing 10 a week for four years. And he was like, ah, now I feel like I can do a cartoon. <laughs> I, that kind of rings true to me too. I mean, I, I sold cartoons that I'm proud of in those first years, but if you looked through a batch of mine, you know, a 10 every week, there would be a lot of just, terrible cartoons um and in my case that was usually I, coming from a stand-up background i would just come up with a clever stand-up joke and then just have two people stand somewhere and say it and it, was, it wasn't a visual you know element to the which there needs to be i think for a great cartoon mm-hmm. so anyway what was the question well <laughs> i mean i think the point of doing 10 is you have to sit down and it forces you to think of ideas and obviously yeah. most people know eight are going to be bad but it kind yeah. of forced you to find those 
But you good. still got to send them in. And so you don't want them eight to be bad because you're trying to impress Mankoff or, or Emma or whoever is the editor. Mm-hmm. So you, to, from, that's what I was talking about. So for me um, to come up with 10 that I was okay, putting my name at the bottom of, whether they were all, they were not all home runs for sure, but they had to be decent. Um, mm-hmm. That took me, I won't say full-time work because like no creative work is really full-time, but many hours a day, like actively, and then several hours a day passively, which by that, I mean, just like, it's always in the back of your head when you're yeah. cooking or you're watching TV or, or anything, you know, like, ah, that might be half of a cartoon or that I'm going to jot that down and just go back to it tomorrow when I'm really focused working, but it's, it's nearly a full-time job. And the problem is it's just not a full-time market. Mm-hmm. And even when I came in, it wasn't a legitimate way to make a living really. But, and aside from coming up with the ideas, how, how long did the drawings take you? Yeah, for me, it took a lot. Detailed and that's why, you know, there's a lot of opportunities now that are really low paying and I just can't do them because it takes me 12 or 40 hours to do a drawing. Not always 40. That's when it's going badly and I throw out six versions to get the seventh one that I like. Um, but it always takes me, you know, 12 hours probably, almost always. And uh, other people have a style that's easier to pull off. Um, so I can't do, I can't really work for less than 12 hours worth of time. So it, it cuts me out of most of the smaller markets. Uh, was that, the, that was the question. How long does it take? Yeah. And I'm sure yeah, some, like can't, in other words, I look at this one that, that had to have taken, uh, a, it's just so detailed. Yeah. Let's talk about this one. So, yeah. So there's perspective, which is always artists hate drawing perspective. I had to research what the actual uniforms of the New York fire department looked like. Um, even that, I mean, you could be surprised. You can spend two hours trying to find the right angle that shows what the, the coat looks like or whatever. Now, this is a, let's talk about this drawing because I hate this drawing. The guy who's talking, his face is all wonky. Do you see what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know, and I don't know what it is. The eye closest to us is kind of like, the wrong angle or the wrong mm-hmm. height. His mouth is too close to his nose, maybe. I don't know, there's something about this that always drove me crazy and I never fixed that face. And at some point, and I start with the faces. So I don't know how that happened because usually I would be like, the face has got to be right and then I'll draw the rest of it. Because if the face is not right, I spend 14 hours shading a side of a building and drawing smoke. Um, it's, it's for nothing. So I, I'm when I see this one, it's one that I'm really annoyed with. And now I would fix that in Photoshop. But back then, Photoshop existed, but I didn't know how to do it. Oh, well, that's you know interesting. You see what well, I'm saying? I, I picked this out to compliment how good the drawing is. And <laughs> one thing you don't like about it is the drawing. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I like everything except his face. They just don't. We, we should describe which cartoon it is for uh. Yeah, People so it's, it's, yeah, it's a couple of fire department guys, and there's a huge burning, uh, what is that, like a 12-story building behind him. And the one of the fire guys is holding a hose, and the other guy who's maybe his captain is saying, these are luxury apartments, so use the good water. I like that joke. I there just don't is. like that guy's face. Do you guys see what I'm talking about, or does it look, is that a really net? My wife always says that I spend hours on things that nobody else cares about. <laughs> I would say he's got like a lazy eye or something. It's kind of wonky, as I said. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
But I anyway. wouldn't have noticed that if you didn't no, no. mention it, though. So we're all our own worst critics. Though. Yep. So. It's the first thing I saw there, Matt. I'm sorry. I, just, I know. Yeah. I'm trying to let you down so horribly. Um, yeah, I could totally fix that in Photoshop. Give me an hour. I'd just move stuff around. <laughs> and I have started drawing digitally now a tiny bit. Not for the New Yorker. I keep that all the same way I've done it. But for other jobs, I have, to, have used Procreate on an iPad. And being able to change things put things on layers it's really nice the kids have it made man mm-hmm. and to be able to just like try a line and like nope re undo try a line undo try a line undo perfect that would be so much fun yeah. <laughs> um this one uh let's see if i can share this one th- this was a caption contest yeah. is that correct yeah i think it, i only think i only did the caption contest two times if i'm mm-hmm. you guys might know more than me but yeah you did it more than that did you I did it probably about five times. Okay. So I did the race car one, I know, the race car bed one. The I race did. car bed. Mm-hmm. You did a yeah, snake. I like this drawing quite a lot. This is a this is a good one. Yeah, this is a little girl playing the violin with a violin instructor, and the room is all in disarray. And the, the winning caption was, okay, this time with a little less feeling. So this is that was my original caption too. Oh, you guys really? have probably talked to people that had this experience, no? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, I found that kind of annoying. I was like, yes. I submitted this with that caption and they didn't want it as a cartoon and they did it as a, uh, a caption <laughs> contest. And not only did this person have my caption, but like 48 people in America <laughs> have my caption, oh my which is, I mean, I, you could see it as a bad thing, but I guess in some way I also drew it towards that caption. So mm-hmm. you could, I, I'll take it as a compliment that I, I led people to the joke <laughs> in the visuals, which a cartoon should do anyway. But I had that experience pretty, ex- maybe exclusively, like where the winning caption was basically my my original caption. And it was early on, like I was one of the first weeks, I think. And and at that point I was like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore, Mankoff. Um, so um, I, I lost a lot of money saying that, but because I could have done a lot that but I think now people draw just captionless cartoons. That would be the way that it would feel okay to do. But when you submit something with a caption yeah. that you mm-hmm. work so hard on, mm-hmm. then they say, we'll take this for the caption contest. So they take your caption off and then America writes your caption. It's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, the way they do it now, I think is if they do it this way, do you guys know? Uh, they do both. Okay. So you can submit it without a caption, but they, I think mostly they take it from a cartoon you submitted with a caption is most of the time. Yeah. And do they like commission people ever? Like, hey, Joe Dater, we want you to do a captionless cartoon. You haven't done it in the no. contest for a No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I know Drew or Paul, uh, no, Drew Dernovich has done a ton of caption contest things. Yes. And I don't know if that's just the way he works. He just tends to draw images that beg for a caption. I think that's probably it. Mm-hmm. But I know he's made thousands of dollars <laughs> doing caption contests. And sometimes I'm like, wow, why did I say no? Be the big <laughs> Did it come to a point where, because you did about five. So I guess eventually yeah. you said, I'd rather you not take my stuff anymore for the caption contest. Yeah, there were several of us. I think early on, it, there was a lot of disgruntled cartoonists about it. I was not disgruntled in the same way that others were other people's thought um some thought that it was demeaning to our profession to have you know other people write your caption or, or like they were like i heard people saying oh you wouldn't you know get a you know malcolm gladwell article and leave off the last paragraph 
and have America write in mm-hmm. and win a contest to get the last one. I, I never saw it that way. I, I thought it was kind of a good thing to get people doing. See, this is what I thought early on. I thought this would be a great way for people to see how hard it is, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then immediately I found it was the opposite because everyone I talked to always thought their caption should have won it. It wasn't that very few people come up to me and say, well, I tried that several times and I just, it was just too hard. What you guys do is impossible. Most people are just like, yeah, mine should have won it. And then they tell me their caption and there's no joke there. Mm-hmm. You guys are pros, but a lot of people will just write a sentence, you know, that's mm-hmm. not even. No, well, so still, can, I mean, yeah. I, I have weeks where I can't come up with anything because it's too hard and, and I don't even submit anything, but I think well, it's hard. I mean, I've, I've never really tried because we've mm-hmm. always been not allowed to try. So I'm not going to waste my work time trying to come up with something <laughs> I can't sell. But. Well, well, Matt, here's, here's something interesting. Your c- cartoon career basically started with a cartoon contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But that's different than a caption contest. True. Yes. True. That yeah, is different. You've got a cool cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've never entered, I've been a drawing contest. I've been a cartoon contest, but never a caption contest. Okay. Um, but well, have you entered? I don't mean to demean the captain. No. Huh? Have you entered joke writing contests? No. I don't know if there's such a thing. I've never heard of one, but I would I would enter that. Sure. Well, um, I guess that's how I would say view. In other words, if you entered a joke capture, a joke writing contest, it would say send us a joke about shopping at the mall. Such and such. Yeah. And effectively, that's a caption contest, right? It's send yeah. us a joke about this whale reading on the beach. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I mean, urge you to view it more that way and less of. Uh, yeah, trying well, to this is my, my take on it. I, I know you guys are, this is your world. I'm coming in and saying, ah, I'm not <laughs> saying, that. I'm saying that I didn't want to sell my cartoons and then take my captions off of it uh, for it to be used that way. Um, yeah. Nothing Especially against the same people, caption but, is getting bought. I can certainly see yeah, that. Yeah. 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 No, um, we've had a few cartoonists come on and say that. It's totally, we understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, cartooning for us is putting both of the pieces together. Mm-hmm. But I think both pieces are legitimate art forms. And like I said, it's hard to do the caption contest. Mm-hmm. I, a few seconds I've given it, I'm like, yeah, that's, I don't know what I would do there. Um, it's really a challenge and I can see it being, being fun. But I also, you know, like there's people that think cartooning is all, most people think it's all the drawing. People mm-hmm. hardly ever think about the writing, but the writing is 90% of being a cartoonist, mm-hmm. a gag cartoonist. Yeah. Um, and the drawing, I used to say the drawing is like the end zone dance. You know, once mm-hmm. you're done all the hard work you 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 get to decorate it mm-hmm. um, but yeah i like both parts and to me the beauty of cartooning is that you're putting two things together and so, it becomes another thing so do you generally come up with your captions first and then draw to them or do you yeah almost first? exclusively mm-hmm. yeah i know other cartoonists work the other way though i think Roz and i think jack mm-hmm. used to do that kind of just start doodling and Mm-hmm. Maybe they notice something in the facial expression of this character. And then they say, he looks mad and I'll put something. And they just gradually come to some sort of a gag or at least a drawn situation that then they would turn on their caption contest kind of side <laughs> of the brain right. and try to come up with stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I never could do it that way. I just found, I just would start drawing and kind of zone out. And mm-hmm. my, my comedy brain would not keep up with my yeah drawing brain and I and I would end up making drawings I like but no joke mm-hmm. so for yeah. me it always starts with with the joke and the words and and I'm picturing the drawing the whole time 
<laughs> I just don't spend any time drawing it until it's time mm -hmm. to, to sketch it up as a, as, a, you know, as a, as an idea for my batch. And then even that's, that's a quick sketch. And then when it sold, I, I spend a lot of time mm -hmm. getting the, the, the final drawing right. Yeah. Or as good as I can get it. Obviously, I don't always get it right, as evidenced by that fireman <laughs> face. There's a few. There's maybe there's maybe a dozen that every time I look at them, I'm just like, oh, why didn't I hold on to that for another week? And because I'm sure, you know, when you're drawing, you're so you're so close to the thing, you, you don't see it. And then two days later, or a week, five weeks later, when it's published in the magazine, you're like, oh, of course, his head's too big, that hand is too, you know, is facing the wrong way or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. Another trick, this is for the cartoonists out there, is just holding your cartoon up or your drawing, your piece of art up to a mirror, mm -hmm. amazingly revealing. You're suddenly like, oh, wow, just the things I was talking about. You can see it. I don't know why that is, but our brains work that way. Somehow. Yeah. Well, it's like proofreading a document. You read it backwards. So yeah. that you're, you're. Or even right. like the difference between look, reading it on a screen and then printing mm -hmm. it out, looking at it on paper, mm -hmm. suddenly you see things totally right. To right. weird. So you didn't you guys, do. Sorry, oh, can sorry. I ask questions? Yeah. Uh -huh. Are you guys cartoonists? Are you artists? Are you writers? Uh, I actually recently right. started writing uh, for a New Yorker cartoonist. I sent him ten gigs a week. Ah. Uh, and he draws. Interesting. Uh, we recently. Is that top started. secret, or is it? What you say? I, I, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying. I guess I won't at the moment, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But we did recently sell one. Uh, which oh, is, cool. Which is nice. He's a cartoonist, though, that has already been in. Yeah, he did all the hard work. He's already you know, getting in is the hard part. Uh, once you're yeah, in, it's but, sus but sustaining those ideas is really hard. I remember when I first got in, I think when everyone gets for in for the first time, they would start getting people submitting ideas to them. And I just decided not to do it. I just didn't want to be someday at a party and somebody said, oh, you know, my favorite cartoon of yours of all. <laughs> and it's something I didn't come up with. Yeah. I'd have to be like, eh. Yeah. So I, I just decided not to at that point. But I know a lot of I know, you know, back in the day, that was kind of standard, mm -hmm. you know, practice, I think, to, to team up with writers. Mm -hmm. And some of the cartoonists started that way, writing for other people. But so you guys you guys have to be word people, though, to, to do what you do with the caption contest. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'd say that I, I can't draw worth the damn, you know, it's. I, I couldn't save a, uh, draw a straight line to save my life. So. <laughs> I just draw so, curvy people. <laughs> I don't think I can scribble. I can scribble like a madman. So yeah, you get me. If you need a scribble, I can give you that. I mean, it, to me, it was important just because I studied how to draw. But I don't think you need to be able to draw that well to be a cartoonist. In fact, sometimes when you can't, it's charming. Mm. And anyway, but but you guys are writers. And have you have you have you studied like comedy and like joke writing and all that stuff? Maybe you guys are sitcom I've, writers. I've know. done a little bit of stand-up comedy, uh, but that's been a long time. And I realized I, I'm an introvert, so that was way too much of me standing in front of people. And I, I yeah, didn't handle it. me too. I'm I'm not total introvert, but I have to definitely put on an extrovert face to yeah. do it. I had to back then. But. Yeah, no, okay, I, I'm a corporate bankruptcy paralegal in my real life. So well, <laughs> it, words are very important. It doesn't get more boring than that. So yeah. you need a creative. But, but I mean, it, even that, I imagine you're right in that role, mm -hmm. right? And it has yeah. to be very technical. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. Words are very important. So it's just, it's not totally dissimilar from right. action contest where you're, you know, dealing with 
sounds of words and mm-hmm. syllables and rhythms and all that stuff. Yeah. It's funny. There's this, there's this software that I get um, ads for all the time um, for my legal work and it's called word rake and it goes through your, we don't use it at my job, but um, I know what it does. It goes through your documents and it pulls out extraneous words that you don't need. And they send um, like a blog post about how to, how to condense your writing, how to take out words that are not necessary. And that is definitely useful when it comes to the caption contest, because every cartoonist that you ever speak to or any um, article you ever read on how to win the contest is like, get rid of the extra words, you know, make it succinct, make it funny. Um, What's it called? Word rake? Word rake, R-A-K-E. Oh, okay. Word rake. Oh, I could use that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's definitely, that's definitely the common problem is just adding mm-hmm. more words than you need or yeah. like describing what's already in the visual, you know, the mm-hmm. picture is already done. Huh. Yeah. I, I do see a tendency maybe with some of the newer cartoonists to, to be a little wordy mm-hmm. and it, it, it almost is, is sort of a, maybe it's a contemporary style and maybe cartoons are changing that way, but mm-hmm. I usually see my cartoons in the magazine. I'm like, I could trim that quite a bit. Yeah, just it's just this last bit. That's that's all that you need. But yeah, but things change. You know, when I came in, I think some people maybe thought my jokes were not so great, or, or, or it just com- the comic comedic voice definitely changes over time and generations. Mm-hmm. So who knows if I know what I'm talking about anymore? But. Well, you have you have one that's probably it's probably dated at the time. It was very funny, but it, I I still think it's very funny. It's the, the first rule of Bible club, club is always talk about Bible club. Yeah, that is dated. I, I, used, to, I used to show that in, you know, on stage and we get a huge laugh and exactly <laughs> trickling off, especially doing a college audience. They don't mm-hmm. even know fight club anymore. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, fight club jokes in and of themselves are, yeah. are pretty yeah, dated. Particular to me point, because, but... Yeah. I'm from the generation that knows mm-hmm. fight club, but yeah. also having grown up in Texas and North Carolina and most mm-hmm. Most pretty much the Bible Belt, uh-huh. and being able to make a joke about that. Oh my gosh! It's, it's I also did crazy. one talking about religion jokes or whatever. It's a church sign, which is a big thing. Mm-hmm. I, it might be more in the South than where you guys are, but mm-hmm. you know the, the sign out front that you know advertising the church or advertising the sermon of the week, and they, they're often kind of trying to be clever or something. But um, I did a church sign outside of a, a church. It says uh, no shirt, no shoes, no salvation. <laughs> yes, which I, know I just one. came up with me on my own. But then afterwards, I I heard from many sectors of the internet that the Simpsons basically did the same exact joke. Oh, kind really? Of the background of one of their shots panning across. I haven't seen the episode, but yeah, huh. for anybody out there, it was inadvertent. I came up with the joke on my own and found out later that the Simpsons had also done it. But it makes sense, I guess. Once you start, no shirt, no shoes. There's mm-hmm. Nothing else you can do, but no salvation. <laughs> you have a personal favorite of your own, of your own cartoon? Um, I do like, I hope we can still be cousins again, because it connects to like my, my roots growing up in the, the rural South uh, where that could happen. Um, <laughs> one that it's a, a guy, it says face painting five bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of mm-hmm. a rough character with a, like a, sitting there smoking a cigarette and he's got his, his hand is holding just a big paint roller. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites. And, and the reason that one's a favorite is because I, by then I had learned 
that the picture should do at least half of the work. So that mm -hmm. is not funny at all unless the picture is, unless you see the picture, right? Mm -hmm. Face painting five bucks. That could be a legitimate price for face painting at a fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and that guy's drawn guy. perfectly. Yeah, well, thank you. And also like the, yeah, just the roughness of his character. Like if he was a cartoony looking rough guy, it wouldn't have this, this it wouldn't land the same way to me as mm -hmm. if he's like, this guy really looks like he could have done some jail time or something, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's rough. And, and, and also just the hiding the, 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 the one visual bit of the joke is, is it's not front and center. You really have to kind of work for it a little bit. And to mm -hmm. me, that's a more satisfying. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I'm looking at cartoons, I, I like to, I like to have that aha yeah. that, you know, in a way that when I came up with that idea, I had that same experience in my head. And so I wanted to make sure the audience does a tiny bit of work. Yeah. Not too your, much. It's your so your cartoons are, are almost all, they almost all have that great element of surprise, like a caption that you definitely don't expect, you know, like, like the old, the there's the one of an old couple and a woman, the guy is on the couch and the old lady is in the background and she's holding something. And she says, Wilfred, did you leave the cap off the body glitter? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't expect an old couple to be saying that. And it's just so yeah. funny. It's just and also so funny. I hate that Wilfred in that cartoon <laughs> is drawn very realistically too. And you <laughs> see all the crags and wrinkles on his, and, he, and I don't know if you noticed it, but he's, he's in his boxer shorts and his, he's presenting the viewer like his worst <laughs> angle, like his legs are coming right at you and, you can just, it's just imagining where that body glitter it's is. It's so great. To me, yeah. It's so great. And then the one about you get the best gossip at the um, at the vodka cooler. Absolutely, you don't yeah. expect that. You don't expect, you know, work doesn't have a vodka cooler. It's just coming, yeah, just coming from the fact that vodka and water are both here. It could be. It's so yeah, great. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I hate to generalize, but it seems like to me that's a, that's a kind of an old-fashioned gag writing sort of mm -hmm. thing now where it, where it's it's really has that sort of twist or kind of mm -hmm. surprise now i see a lot more um kind of the caption you would expect mm -hmm. these characters to say and it's almost more like the audience is is laughing because they empathize they're like mm -hmm. that is so me it's a yeah. real it's an exaggerated version of what people would really say or feel mm -hmm. And I've talked with a lot of cartoonists about it. I don't know what, maybe I may, it may just be, that's the shift that's happening. Um, but I think maybe it has something to do with social media too, maybe mm -hmm. that these younger cartoonists and, you know, I'm not, they're not even young anymore. 40 year olds grew up with Facebook, mm -hmm. I guess at this point, their, their, their first audience was social media mm -hmm. and they got better reactions from stuff that people see themselves in or mm -hmm. you know what I mean like yeah. as a cartoonist I was always kind of not annoyed but I'm I, I want people like you guys are like fans of cartoons and you're appreciating some of my favorite cartoons of mine for the reasons that I love them mm -hmm. but you're not saying that I, I appreciate that Wilford cartoon because my uncle is named Wilford <laughs> but a lot of people really do they, they they only like cartoons because it's about dentists and I'm a dentist or it's mm -hmm. it's this thing that I that's totally, I said that to my spouse yesterday, or mm -hmm. uh, my dog is just like that. Um, do you know what I mean? 
So yeah. sometimes I'd be out and people say what their favorite cartoon is. Like it would always, almost always be like, I love that cartoon because I'm also a bicycle messenger yeah. or, mm-hmm. or this, it relates. Right. But I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like, as a cartoonist, I want people to like it because I crafted a great joke or a great drawing. Yeah. It's very flattering to hear what you guys are saying because you, you guys get it. Yeah. Um, but and- I do think maybe it's shifting that way. I'm not totally sure. I don't see all the issues these days, but it seems like some of the ones that are getting a lot of, uh, I don't know, maybe they're getting the traction on social media because they are also social media type comments. Yeah. That, Does that make that- sense at all? I, yeah, yes. Yeah, and, yes. And I noticed that uh, a lot of the cartoons in the issue or the daily cartoon these days, so many of them lean towards um, jokes about because of COVID, people not wanting to yeah. go outside anymore. People get so yeah. used to being in their house and, you know, not wanting to go to a social uh, uh, event or, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's just getting so boring to me. You know, it's like, that joke is so played out at this point. They they need to go back to some. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Out there, yeah. funny cartoons that are not like we've all been stuck in the house for two years, you know, because um, it just gets it just gets played out. I, I want to make it clear that I'm not like saying the old kind of cartoon is better than the new kind of cartoon because mm-hmm. I've actually no. learned from a lot of the young cartoonists. I was like, I have never thought about like mining as much my personal feelings mm-hmm. and, and realizing that having that common ground is, is like a, a leg up towards getting a joke across and, and communicating really. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I've, I've learned from some of the younger cartoonists that if I start submitting batches again, I would maybe make a list of some things I'm feeling and just use that as starting points for writing. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe particularly that COVID thing really did get kind of, it, it was, it was, obvious and it did get kind of old mm-hmm. and maybe maybe COVID is more to blame for this like sharing of emotional states mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's more to blame or, or more the reason than than a generation growing up with social media mm-hmm. these are all theories that mm-hmm. well it, it seems like every 10 years there's a shift in humor you know I remember yeah. you know SNL when I first saw SNL I, I watched the first episode and I was just blown away by what I was seeing and then that lasted for about 10 years. And then it kind of shifted to something else. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what, but it seems like every 10 years, there's this shift to something and it might be generational. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I look at the old, old New Yorkers, I, I think the jokes are kind of fusty, kind of, they're not, they don't really strike me. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, some of the newer jokes don't strike me, but that's just, yeah, that's just a case of kind of locking into what I do. And the train has left the station or passed me mm-hmm. by in a way. And maybe, yeah. maybe that's where it's all going. And yeah, well, it does well, become yeah. a commentary on what's going on in the world. Like, you know, right now, everybody is into COVID and staying home and wearing masks and, you know, things like that. But like, I recently bought a Henry Martin book um, of cartoons, of office cartoons. And it's all, you know, businessmen talking into a little intercom box or saying something inappropriate to their secretary or, you know, things like that. And it's, it's a commentary on where the world was in that point in time. So in that way, it's interesting, you know, so one day people will probably write a, put together a book of COVID New Yorker COVID cartoons, you know, and it, it could be a bestseller, but 
you know, for right yeah, now. I think we're I'm all at that place where we're sick of COVID cartoons yeah. and we're sick of COVID. Yes. As soon as both of them end, we'll, we'll be so much better off. Yeah. I look forward to a day when I can finally look back at going, remember those COVID cartoons? Those mm-hmm. are funny. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Uh, no, like no. the SNL thing you're talking about, like everybody has their favorite decade and mm-hmm. doesn't think the other stuff's funny. And it's just, it's more a, a you know, it's just a personal, I mean, like, I, for me, it's hard to find music I like anymore. You just tend mm-hmm. to find what you what you latch on to, maybe in your twenties or thirties, and then yeah. it's really hard to break out of that. True. And I, I'm trying. I have some of the Lars Kenseth out here in LA is a good buddy of mine, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep one foot sort of in the the new voice. But yeah, like some of his captions, and it's on purpose. They're really long, like you know, mm-hmm. four lines long, and that's that's on purpose. It's a it's yeah. a style where it's just kind of running on and on and on and on and on and um, it's not that it's a da, 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 and it becomes funny in that it's so long, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. purposely long <laughs> captions are can be very funny. Yeah, it's and when I, they're they should be shorter, but they're not that they're. Eh, yeah, you know. but it's just a different kind of cartoon, I mm-hmm. guess. And they, yeah. they've kind of always existed too. Like somebody like Victoria Roberts mm-hmm. was always doing uh, a cartoon, and Lee Loren, not not Lee Loren so much, but um, who was I just thinking of? slipped my mind um corin ed corin mm-hmm. those guys always had gals and guys always had sort of a curveball kind of a slightly gentler they weren't like gag guys and, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think they would say they were if you told ed or victoria that they're comedians or mm-hmm. joke writers i don't think they would like it mm-hmm. they're they can they're they're artists more right and, and their and their captions and their drawings were mm-hmm. are just a, a different off pace kind of thing from you know, your strict mm-hmm. gag cartoonist, mm-hmm. which I, I think I am more than anything. Yeah. I, I like all kinds, but I, you know, my tendency is to go for like pretty hard jokes mm-hmm. where there's a, should be a moment where you don't get, don't, don't know what the joke is. And then you have to, you get it. Right. I mean, that's a, a real satisfying. Yeah. And, and also, I guess in a way, you know, cause I'm doing these rejection collection books, those are hard jokes too. They kind of have to be for that. Mm-hmm. that kind of that book brand but i like the other kind too i like a really sweet yeah. subtle or off pace joke as well yeah well there, there's speaking of um where we are in the world there's one president trump joke that i thought that of yours that i love um i don't know if it's your only trump joke um yeah. but it's the uh cowboys on the horses and they say quit saying president trump you're spooking the horses <laughs> Yeah, that was pre-President Trump. That, yeah. was, that was in the run-up. Yeah. Everyone was just scared of the thought of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just never one. did political stuff very much, mm-hmm. mainly because, you know, it's only funny that week. You know, if you right. miss the window, it's, I'd rather have stuff that's evergreen mm-hmm. in a way. But also, it's just not a passion of mine. I know a lot of people are really into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never followed it that much. What, was that one a daily cartoon or was that published? No, that or... was before there was a daily cartoon. Oh, Okay. That's the thing. In the time of I've been doing this, all these huge shifts have happened. Mm-hmm. Like when we were, when I was cartooning, like the New Yorker wasn't really even on the internet mm-hmm. and it was reluctant to do so. There was mm-hmm. a, there was a kind of a, we're, we don't need to do that feeling. Mm-hmm. And some of the, myself and Paul and Zach and Farley cats, we were kind of asked to start a cartoon blog. Man, I, this is a long time ago, <laughs> 16 years ago or something. And but we had sort of weird mandates, like don't talk about cartooning. Um, it should just be a comedy blog of some sort. And, and 
it was really strange. Like now that's completely the opposite of what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do on social media. You're supposed to share everything and give a glimpse behind the window. But we had this weird mandate. We were just like, just be funny, but don't, it shouldn't be about the magazine. It shouldn't be about cartooning or about you or as people. And mm-hmm. it was really strange. <laughs> so, so I've seen all these changes and the daily cartoon mm-hmm. and the caption contest and the fact that it just, you know, 20 years have passed. And so it's mm-hmm. a whole new generation of, of people who've grown up you know, there's a whole generation of people who know The New Yorker because they saw that HBO documentary mm-hmm. a while back, um, maybe 10 years ago or eight mm-hmm. years ago. So that's a whole different frame of reference for people too. So they're coming to it um, just in a totally different angles. And I don't know if cartoonists coming in now are thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this as a career. They would be kind of foolish to think that because there's there's mm-hmm. so many cartoonists now that they're just it just spread very thin. So the idea now is you do a few cartoons and you um, build a social media mm-hmm. platform and and then you do other things, I think. Yeah. I think that's the plan. I, I don't know what, what some of the car- young cartoonists are doing, like what they're hoping. But when I, when I came in, I hoped I would be a career cartoonist. I mm-hmm. hoped that I would make my living solely from cartooning. And I did, you know, most of the time I did other, everybody does other things, but um yeah, it's interesting that the, the change and in, in different well, ways people come in. There's so many new cartoonists now that, you yeah. know, some of them are one-offs, you know, like one and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to develop an attachment to them. I've talked yeah. about this with some other cartoonists that it's hard. Like you just don't recognize, oh, that's a Drew Dernovich. Oh, that's a Michael Maslin. That's a Diffie. You know, you don't, you don't know the, those just by glancing at it. You know, you don't recognize the name. There's just too many. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's different. That's I'm just sitting here. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't mm-hmm. know. Because you're getting a lot more people to get the chance to be in. Mm-hmm. And the New Yorker is not suffering from it because they're still famous for this type of cartooning. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of thought they maybe didn't want the cartoonists to have a bigger brand or even a big brand themselves. Mm-hmm. Like a few people have, like I think Charles Adams did and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roz currently does and I mean maybe some of the young cartoonists do in their own sort of social media worlds but I, see, yeah. I think it kind of takes away from the um, I don't know what the right word is but may, I don't want to say eliteness of it you know that that kind of sound has a bad connotation but it kind of takes away from the prestige, prestige yeah. of being yeah a New Yorker cartoonist when there's so many and some of them are just one-offs, you know, like I just, now there's a distinction of people who have published a lot of stuff online, Mm -hmm. they've never been in the magazine and what are they a New Yorker cartoonist? Yes. Mm -hmm. But in my day, they wouldn't be considered until you're in the magazine. So that's, that's a difference. And I, and Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm saying I'm wrong because I'm behind Mm -hmm. thinking, but now, yeah, I've met several people who are, you know, Oh, she's a cartoonist. He's a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And I find out they've never been in the actual magazine, but mm-hmm. that's legit these days. I mean, I think maybe more cartoons are published online from the New Yorker than in the print. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Cause it's just a one a day and they're doing 15 or 12 in the magazine. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's still more, mm-hmm. but that's an interesting thing too, because I mean, the, the online ones, the daily ones are, you know, you're, you're, you're told to be topical and, mm-hmm. and timely and, 
we, I kind of grew up not wanting to do that. There were people who did try to do that, but I mean, you couldn't guarantee that the New Yorker would run it that week. It could be mm -hmm. weeks or months before they ran something. Mm -hmm. So if you did, you know, something that was super timely, sometimes it would just never get published. Mm -hmm. And and even political stuff, we were kind of, I don't know if we were told to, but it, it seemed like the New Yorker wasn't a place to do super specific political jokes. Right. Now, now it definitely is. Like you could do jokes about the idea of politics and, and make fun of that, but mm -hmm. maybe I'm wrong there. I don't know. Maybe people did Nixon specific Nixon jokes back then and mm. stuff like that. But it seems like that's changed a little bit. I, and I think under Remnick, he's uh, made it more, more of a political kind of focused magazine, I think in a way. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think just Trump did that for everything. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Everything yeah. just became, uh, mm -hmm. about Trump, whatever your magazine, hey, right. <laughs> what's illustrated was about Trump. Everything was kind of just, yeah. you're totally what you were writing about. But it's, it's, it's interesting to see the changes from, you know, from an old man like me perspective. <laughs> um, I've had a great time there. And I, I, you know, I even told a moth story about getting in and how, what it meant to me and meeting George Booth for the first time. And, you know, getting to hang out with these legendary cartoons who I, you know, cartoonist who I, I, you know, I, I didn't know their work until my late twenties there when I really dove in and researched it. But um, it, it has always been a, a, a wonderful feeling to be part of it and to, to carry on that tradition. And I miss, I miss sort of being involved. I also miss just living in New York and having the crowd of cartoonists to hang out with. Mm -hmm. So part of it, part of, I guess I was kind of out the door once I left New York too, which was over uh, 10 years ago or something now. So but I still, I still would love to keep doing it, but I don't know. Yeah, if you can find the time, I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see some of your stuff. Make yeah. its way. I occasionally like accidentally get an idea and I'm like, yeah, I'll file that away. <laughs> it's good that Emma, the new cartoon editor is not demanding 10 a week. So maybe I could just come in and do my, like my first attempt was like three a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Baseball style. That would be yeah. a good reason to do it. It might not be so daunting for you if you know you don't have to do 10. Yeah. I could just I'll, I'll give you another shout out here. Uh, <laughs> I'll look up at Amazon. Look up uh, hand-drawn jokes for smart, attractive people if you want more Matt Diffie. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole book of them. I worked hard on that book <laughs> for no reason. No, cartoon <laughs> books, I don't know if they just, they just, just, I don't know if they sell anymore. I, mine, I, I, I just ordered it. So I'm, I'm hoping to get it in a couple of days. I was hoping to get it before the podcast here, but yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I put a lot of extra work into there beyond just like a cartoon on each page, which I tried to do in the rejection collection too, by doing those interviews and all the, the bonus material. Hmm. Um, I think that's partially because you can get free cartoons so easily now on social yeah. media. Um, it seems like the time of just doing a collection of cartoons is past. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely hard to sell them now. Yeah. I mean, you can just go on Instagram and everyone's putting them, putting them there uh, for free. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't maybe, have, have my rejection collection in front of me right now, but, but was it the rejection collection that had each artist draw like a, a self portrait and then yeah. answer some questions about themselves? Yeah. That's we like, had like a two page questionnaire mm -hmm. and I had to answer the same yeah. question. To me, that was, that became my favorite part of the book because I mean, after you're editing a book and looking at these cartoons and in some cases working with cartoonists to, to deliver the final art, you've seen these things so mm -hmm. many times that 
they're not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. So when I sent all those out and they started coming back in, I just laughed so much. Mm-hmm. And also just got, I felt like I got to know my colleagues better. Mm-hmm. And whether they were being jokey or like sincere and they answer things that you see how their mind works and they're a little mm-hmm. bit of their personality. And I, I just love that part. I still do. Yeah. So like, yeah, like I asked, there's over 50 cartoonists in the, in the book, uh, the books. And like, just like one sample question is like, what's a, what would make a terrible pizza topping? <laughs> and in a way it's almost like a caption contest. Cause I'm giving them a pitch yeah. and you just have to hit it. And, and to see the different directions that people took it, like Alex Gregory, I think he was, his was like gelatin beads filled with the tears of children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which that would be terrible. Had, yeah. It would be a terrible pizza topping. And somebody somebody else, pineapple. Oh, Yuck. Yeah, I can't, pineapple. can't argue with him there. Somebody <laughs> said a manhole cover. And I think that was Julia Suits. I, I wish I could remember, but but that's that's the extreme of the 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 way that different people answered the questions. To me, that was I love that part. I still do. And if if nothing else, I want to do another book just so I can come up with more nutty questions to ask people. And it was also fun because I I know that they were sitting there when they got it and just like cursing my name. Ah, did we spend an hour on this ridiculous questionnaire? And like I made them like draw things, like divide this pie chart in a way that makes us know something about your life. And I don't know, that was really fun to me. Yeah. And it was like me giving them kind of a setup and them being able to to riff off of it. I think it's awesome. I remember somebody drawing a picture of an angry nun because they went to yeah. um, Catholic school. I don't There's remember a lot of that actually. It was so a lot, funny. I found that all, <laughs> a lot of cartoonists, like coffee is huge part of the mm. process. I shouldn't have been surprised by that. But yeah, a lot of Catholic school and mm. a lot of backgrounds that that came up in that. <laughs> so yeah, funny. <laughs> Oh, well, everyone should pick up uh, the book, Rejection Collection, two volumes out now. And uh, we've had four, three. Right? Yeah, three. And then this fourth one is, a, is like a reissue, but with bonus, 20% bonus material. So it was two hardback co- copies and then two paper copies that are called the best of, which mm-hmm. are really a recollection of those two hard copies. Yeah. Um, we've had you for an hour and a half, so I uh, <laughs> feel bad keeping you any longer. Oh, <laughs> this was really fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, we want to have you on for a long time now. So uh, yeah. I was excited when we, when we got you to. I'd love to come back. Yes. This has been fun. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. back. It really is flattering to hear people who really understand and appreciate cartoons mm-hmm. uh, liking your cartoons for the reasons you want people to. So, <laughs> yeah, and I mean it when I say uh, I went through your stuff and I would say officially now that you probably are the cartoonist with the most home runs where. Yeah. Every other one is 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 a, a very good joke. Sure. I, I, I would agree. It was wild. No, it's <laughs> interesting how people forget pretty quickly. So it's it's nice to hear that. Yeah, and they're all evergreen. They're all uh, mm-hmm. they're all yeah. ones that are going to be good for uh, many many years. Yeah. Except that Trump one. Except that Trump <laughs> one, but but that Trump one's a good one. So yeah. if there had to be one with that was not going to be evergreen, that was a great one. It's a Trump <laughs> one, and it's also cowboys. So yes, cowboys. <laughs> actually we could say it's it's it is kind of evergreen because i feel that way now too (laughs) the the prospect of him running again is freaking out it can't go on forever i I want to get to the point where people look at the cartoon going who's this trump guy they're talking about never heard of him never heard of him (laughs) 
So anyway, it's had a resurgence, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much. Thank you guys. So great to meet you.